In a podcasting world filled with true crimes, insane interview podcasts, and gross celeb news stories, Bryce and Ren, that's us, try to do the impossible. Create a podcast that'll help you survive your commute or workday. and Rent and Nedzy Classified School Survival Guide. Today we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 7 of Nedzy Classified, titled Social Studies and Embarrassment, as well as Season 3, Episode 8 of Nedzy Classified, titled The Bus and Bad Hair Days. My name is Bryce Henderson. I am one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Uh, and with me, as always, to break down all things Nedzy Classified is the one, the only, Renan Fontes. Ren, how's it going? Howdy, Bryce. I'm doing well. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Happy to hear that you are doing well. Um, wow, Ren. Uh, social studies, this was the subject that I have been eagerly awaiting. Did you like social studies in school? Honestly, like, what even is it? It's the study of socials. It's uh, how humanity built society. History. Isn't that just history? Yeah, it's social studies. Mm-hmm. You're studying socials. Yeah, I don't understand the name. <laughs> I've never understood the name, personally. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I did social studies in, like, high school, I think. I think you do two years of social studies and two years of history. At least that's what I did. Uh, I forgot. Actually, I think that sounds a little bit right. I think I think in my high school, it was <laughs> social studies for freshman and sophomore year, and then you picked, like, a specific history for junior and senior year. Got you. Do you um do you remember remember if there was a favorite thing that you learned in social studies when in, in high school? Studies? Yeah. Uh I always liked learning about mythologies and stuff when we were learning about ancient cultures. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you know, nothing really really stuck with me. It wasn't my favorite subject. Yeah. Um Yeah, it was fine for me. I was never like a huge like social studies person. I guess like doesn't geography fall into social studies? Uh, in my school, geography was geography. But I think it's like, I think it's the social studies is like an umbrella term. Yeah. And underneath there is things like, um, things like that, like, uh, history, geography, uh, all fall underneath there. I was abysmal at geography. You're not good good with, uh, labeling areas. No. And so. I somehow made it. I got second place in sixth grade in the school geography bee. Uh-huh. But it was like, remember in the episode of Ned's where Ned gets the second in the spelling bee or like yeah. third in the spelling bee? It was because of that. <laughs> like every single question I got was incredibly easy. So I just got lucky. Made my way there. Uh, all right. So this episode of Nezzy Classified ran. What did you think? social studies and embarrassment i thought it was fine it was uh hmm. i don't know if it was the episode i preferred between the two that we watched today Mm -hmm. i think social study let me pull up my notes really quick yeah i have something more coherent to reference right away because for me like i would agree with that um 
that the first episode was the one that I liked the least of the two. This was like Famian's night. We're introduced to a brand new character in the world of Nedzi Classified. His name is Famian. And Famian, thank His you. His name is Famian Fortune. Fortune. Yes. And he's not, he's introduced in the next segment. Um, yes, but he, in this episode, he's introduced. Yeah. So, and he's very prominent then in the next episode in the following two segments. So three of the four segments he's heavily featured in. Um, and this was his night. He was, was. he was front and center, uh, as the plots, uh, and storylines, particularly around Moe's, um, in this social studies piece though, we have the kids, uh, pairing up into groups to compete for a, uh, a, they get to go to a student expo at the state capitol which sounds like a blast. It's a uh, romantic social studies getaway weekend, as well, Cookie for, describes for it. for Cookie, it would be. Yes, because he would like to go with uh, Lisa Zemo. He thinks this is going to be the chance. Now, Ren, um, would Nicole enjoy this, a romantic social studies getaway weekend uh, in which you go to the student expo at the state capitol? Probably. Maybe not yeah. the student expo part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, you know, the state capitol business, yeah. Everything else, I mean... It, for someone who's interested in social studies, that probably sounds a yeah. very pleasant evening. It's on par. Yeah. Uh, I liked this. Something I liked about this setup was getting to see Cookie had a ton of different fantasies throughout the segment. Yeah. About what would happen if him and Lisa went and it was like this big romantic thing. And then um, he, of course, ends up getting kind of paired by force. Uh, as a result of the teacher um, with Evelyn who he previously kissed right so tensions are kind of high there uh, gets forced paired with her and then Cookie envisions his journey if they end up winning what that that getaway weekend is going to look like with Evelyn and what did you think specifically of uh, Evelyn and Cookie eating dinner together <laughs> I like Cookie's fantasies were a nice, uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was nostalgic thinking back to the Cory days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like the little rule of threes here. We have the pleasant date mm-hmm. between Cookie and Lisa. Yeah. We have the unpleasant date between Cookie and Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And then we have the nightmare between Seth and Lisa. <laughs> yes. In which Seth is sporting his black, uh, like, uh, what is that called? Like a sweat, uh, jacket? sweatsuit. Yes, uh, he's, he's a black velvet sweatsuit that he is sporting because, of course, it's fancy. You got to look yeah. nice um, for this for this event as Cookie envisions um, them at dinner. Uh, Ren, you asked me to pull a specific clip from uh, that I that did. conversation. Do you want me to? Should I hit that one now? Please, I want to hear it. Yeah. So we have uh, this is uh, Lisa Zemo says to Seth, uh, pretty much uh, man like. I'm so glad that you're here instead of instead of Cookie. Um, remember, this is Cookie's fantasy, to which Seth responds. Oh, stop. You're embarrassing him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Seth. He's a man of so much charm. He can say so much and so little. Yes. Um, he is a stage presence. Like, when he's on screen, you can't help but look at him, and your ears open up. You want to know what he's going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- I thought everything with Cookie in this segment was actually, to me, a highlight. Yeah, I, I think this segment 
of of the two segments in this episode, mm-hmm. this one was the more interesting to me in general. Yeah. Even though I was, I didn't really care for the uh, project partners bit with Ned and Moe's, mm-hmm. I do like where it stems from. Yeah. Because, you know, that's an interesting topic to tackle. It's not really handled as well as it could be, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll get into it more. But I yeah. agree with you that the cookie half of this segment, mm-hmm. you know, perfectly fine, pretty funny, fun. It's definitely the highlight of this episode specifically. Yeah, because it's like a, a true roller coaster with him. Because first, it's it's okay. Let's get with Lisa Zemo. He gets paired with Evelyn instead because the teacher believes. Oh, let's put the two smartest kids together. Uh, he's picturing going on a. I didn't mention the the specific detail, but when he imagines him on a date with Evelyn, uh, Evelyn is just throwing bread rolls yep. at him uh, as he's like crying and trying to eat a salad. Uh, <laughs> asking for her to please stop and she just refuses and is just beating him with bread roll after bread roll um so we got that but his his real bit here is he's going to say oh do you know what i am afraid that if i go to like uh i don't want to go to dinner with evelyn she's going to be beat me with these bread rolls but we can't win if i just sabotage the the project i love the turnaround Evelyn keeps putting together these fantastic projects, right, Red? Yeah. And he destroys them. He sets them on fire. He runs a plastic giant Godzilla doll through one of them. Uh, And then it clicks where he has that fantasy we talked about with uh, Lisa Zemo and Seth, where he's like, wait, if we lose, they're going to possibly win and go together. I can't let that happen either. So then he has to switch over and... uh, yeah, he has to, to win with Evelyn, and they do. They win. They take the, the whole contest, and they end up getting to go on their little state capital weekend. Which Cookie isn't happy about once he realizes that yes. he won the one thing he didn't want to do from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Which That's just fun storytelling. Yeah, it was really good because it's like, um, even as a viewer, all of that should have like felt obvious, but the whole time, I felt like I was following Cookie's logic. Like, Cookie's me looking too. at me. Uh, like cookies there and he's like uh he's like oh like we gotta win so um we gotta lose because i don't want to go with evelyn and i'm like yeah that makes a lot of sense and then he has that realization and then it's like oh wait no he's right again like now he's gotta win so they don't go so it was fun it was just a, a good little journey with him i thought it was funny he had me laughing at a few points uh like i said i liked watching him destroy the like evelyn's project over and over and over the Uh, first time he knocks it down and then the immediate escalation of (laughs) setting it on fire Mm -hmm. it's just it's great great comedic timing yeah um so we got that and then the the net and mose of it all here yeah unfortunately the the episode doesn't carry its uh strength from the cookie half into the Mm -hmm. net and mose half yeah mose is all of a sudden for lack of a better term jealous yeah and, it's, and yeah. it feels like they're prepping for what, like, the end game is going to mm-hmm. be for the show. Yeah. But it's, mm-hmm. and, you know, they have been kind of doing this for a while, since, like, the beginning of season two. Mm-hmm. But it's so abrupt now. This is one of those things that I feel like they could have easily, or, like, slowly built up to, even if just, like, one segment, Moses is a little jealous, and then the next segment, she acts on it. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, um... I don't know at what point we really jumped from Moe's, like, is Moe still friends with Susie? Like, I don't really get those vibes because it doesn't seem like Susie wants 
anything really to do with Moe's. Well, Susie, uh, they have that scene together in this segment. Oh, yeah? Oh, wait. Uh, no, it's the next no. one, right? Yeah, where, I'm thinking of yeah. American. I'm thinking of yeah, American. Yeah, where, where Susie asks if, if Ned is usually gross. Yeah, you're <laughs> <right>. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, the, pretty much... Um, Ned and Moe's, they're going to decide to pair up on this project, um, but Ned spends the whole time wanting to go hang out with Susie instead of working on the project or working with Moe's. Moe's realizes, oh, if we win, Ned's going to have to spend time with me. Okay. Um, so she's going to put in some extra effort to make it happen. And uh, she gets kind of pissed that Ned keeps leaving her to go hang out with Susie on like a water break. Is that what they do? They just stare at each other next to the water fountain? Yeah. Yeah. Ned's also uh, playing. He was going to ditch her on movie video game pizza night without letting her know. Dang. Dang. That's cold. But instead, he uh, he cancels on Susie and her mom. Yeah. And Susie physically attacks him. Yeah. Which we don't see. That happens off screen. But we do see the aftermath on Ned. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Don't get me wrong here. Uh, like, uh, I get that Moe's and Ned's friendship is important, but I, yeah. you know, it's, it the, I feel like this segment or this chunk of the segment is trying to address like, oh, you know, when your friend gets in a relationship and mm-hmm. they stop hanging out with you. Yeah. But like, they're trying to kidify it. But also this, you know, th- I feel like this doesn't really apply here. Mm-hmm. Ned and Susie haven't been dating for that long. Yeah. Uh, we know Ned and Moe's hang out all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, we literally see them together all the time. Yeah. So that already carries a little bit less weight. And even in this episode, we see them together the whole time. There's no real, like, moment of separation. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a really good point. Um, I mean, that, again, uh, like you had said, where they could have built up to this, there could have been stuff beforehand, right, where um, in previous segments, there were situations where Ned was like, oh, I can't, I got to be able to like the Susie thing. Yeah. Um, leaving Moe's a little bit more like off to her own, but no, I would say that, that Ned and Moe's have been, especially with, with the first six episodes of the season have been particularly close. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. And so then, uh, we get kind of the climax of this episode is Moe's getting Ned's head stuck in this Mount Rushmore cutout. Yeah. And, and we basically get a variation of the stupid, uh, shoulder angel things yeah i don't know about you but um whenever like i see the presidents on my screen while i'm watching neds i just tune them out me too immediately i uh, it 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 physically hurts me to see a a presidential president on neds declassified yeah it's white noise to me and like in this case like gordy was playing washington yeah um we have the same guy who's usually abe lincoln he was back in action I don't. I didn't recognize who Theodore Roosevelt was, but um, I didn't like his bit. I didn't like his bit either. He was just shouting, "Yeah!" So, eh, whatever. Uh, but I guess while the he talks to the presidents, Ned realizes that he needs to balance his friendships. That's right. He needs to not meet his girlfriend's mother tonight, mm-hmm. and instead abruptly oh cancel on her, so mm-hmm. he can hang out with Mose, his best friend, who he spends time with all the time. I would be livid if I were Susie's mom. I wouldn't be surprised if Susie broke up with Ned for, you know, canceling mm. their date to hang out with some other girl. And, you know, it's Moe's, but still. Yeah. And, well, it's like, it's not even just a date. A date is, like, underselling it, Red. Like, it's like, 
meeting his uh, meeting yeah. her mom. This is the next right. level of the relationship. Susie's mom has been at home making a salad all day. <laughs> She's been in the like nine hours poured into the salad for three. And there's going to be a whole third that's going to go uneaten because Ned doesn't want to show up. Not a good look. Not, Not at a good all. Look. Uh, Can we have a Carmelo in on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ned, what do you do you think that that's probably a, a, a good idea? What do you think, Carmelo? Come on, Ned. Not your best Thanks, yeah. Carmelo. <laughs> yeah, anytime. He he really does come to really help us know what is or what isn't a good plan. I can't um, wait until he sues. <laughs> us? Yeah. No, we're good. You can't we're... use my likeness. I'm Carmelo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. If anything, maybe you'll just add one more section um, above the controversy tab on his Wikipedia. Bryce and Ren controversy. Yeah, Bryce, Bryce and Ren or Bryce and Ren lawsuit. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be good for us. It's gonna be our, our big our big break. I bet we could get a settlement. A we could get a settlement. Yeah. So Carmelo's gonna sue us and we'll settle. We're gonna flip it on him. He okay. has no grounds to sue. He'll do it out of yeah. ego and pride, and we'll defeat mm-hmm. him in court. Yeah, we can say prove that it's your voice. Yeah. Prove that's you. Entity classified. That could yeah. be anyone named Carmelo Anthony. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have a, like a C, a C plot here with principal pal. I'll write this. This just feels like addressing the issues that I had last week. Yeah. It's like the writers heard us in the, from the future and they were like, oh shoot. Yeah. Uh, we, we got to fix this. We got to fix that principal pal was referred to as the principal last week. And principal Wright is like, is acting as the principal, but isn't. So, um, it surprisingly yeah. works. It does. Yeah, it does work. Um, Alistair is told that he's going to have to tell a lot of people a lot of things that they aren't going to like to hear as principal. And so this was all just a lesson. Yep. Um, and in the end, Principal Pal is going to become the history teacher. Social studies teacher. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Great. Uh, keep him around. Yep. We'll keep him because he was such an added value to the show. Uh, he's basically the movie mason of neds yeah he is he hasn't had like a really good monologue though that's the only thing that we're missing so we, I'm, I'm hoping you know before the end of the series they'll give one big monologue that's just incomprehensible nonsense yes yeah because i mean in the meantime i feel like uh he sees that mr wright's been avoiding him all day and all, all he is probably thinking is uh you sadden me alistair <laughs> yeah i think that's probably it uh, we're all disappointed Alistair hasn't done anything to enforce and stand his ground. And finally he does. Gets his office. He's principal. And Pal reveals he never had Alzheimer's at all. It was just a prank. He was just pretending to forget. Great. I don't think that that's what he was implying. <laughs> I don't think I, that that I, was I, the implication there. Well, he's running around in his United States boxers. Yep. Run into the bathroom. You know, yep. this is clearly an old man who, with dementia. He's not well anymore, and Principal uh-huh. Wright is allowing it, you know, because he's too embarrassed yeah. to put Pal in his place. So he lets yeah. Pal make a fool out of himself. Yeah. But, you know, Pal, he lives for this shit. He loves it. <laughs> we saw him fake his death. He doesn't have a pulse. He he's probably <laughs> immortal. Who knows? Uh, he pr- Yeah, he probably comes with the school. <laughs> probably comes with it. All right. Anything else about... Uh... About this, they uh, Ned and Moe's trash Durga's gym. Um, 
as well. So we had Durga screaming at them at one point. Oh, that's kind of it. That that little segment felt slapsticky out of nowhere. What did you think? It did. It was it uh, really caught me off guard. Yeah. So Ned is stuck in the uh, Mount Rushmore piece. He meets Moe's in the gym, where Moe's is like being angsty and shooting basketballs. Oh, uh, like okay, because she has nowhere else to be. And Ned apologizes. Moe's goes to help him out. They get the Mount Rushmore off. It breaks, but then Ned falls into something, which falls into like the balls, which falls into like a giant pole, and then the whole gym falls into pieces just for Durga to come in and say like, "You trashed my gym." Yeah, and, and then they run. Scene. It was a what scene? A chase scene. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. All right, Ren. Um, have you ever farted? <laughs> Bryce, uh, one time I actually did fart in the eighth grade during class. Wow. But <laughs> the embarrassment was immediately washed away when a girl told me it didn't smell that bad and it instead became bafflement. Wow. Like, wow, she, Ren. She, she took the fall for me. I farted That's... like, that doesn't smell that bad. Now wow. she's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow. Did you, uh, that to me, that, that tells me that maybe she wanted, uh, you to like ask her out. I don't know, Bryce. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fart pickup line doesn't work on me. No. I'll be old there's, fashioned. Yeah. There's been times where like, uh, I've been out, like I've been at, at a bar and you know, I farted and I've been told, I've been told a similar line, Ren, <laughs> you know, that isn't too bad. And I've said, Oh, interesting that fart don't smell too bad yeah all right huh you know i'm uh i'm engaged but thank you um so bryce i have a question for you yes Mm -hmm. have you ever in like a single day of school (laughs) splashed water onto your pants unzipped your fly um is that all that happens to him also broccoli teeth oh yeah like an unreasonable amount of broccoli teeth Yeah. yeah um no, all those things have not happened to me in the same day. Uh, fortunately, they've not. Um, what about on individual days? I mean, not really. The splash? I'm trying to think of, like... Um, I don't think I've ever had to deal with the splash. No, I don't really think so either. Uh, there's, of course, the infamous line in Billy Madison, uh, in which they're like... Uh, Billy's cool. Billy wets his pants. And then everyone pees. And then everyone everyone pees their pants. Yep. All the cool kids pee their pants. Thanks, Billy Madison. Yeah. Um, man, Ren, if you and I had finished Sandlerthon. <laughs> what a legacy we would have been able to leave behind. Mm-hmm. It makes me sad that I'm not able to say, oh yeah, I've seen every single one of Adam Sandler's movies. Maybe we will, though. Maybe you and I will just have to come back to it, and each episode can end with an in-memoriam for Mitch. Uh, <laughs> just for him to come back as our guest in the last episode. Wouldn't that be perfect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be. Uh, no, so the farting thing, the, the whole segment opens up with a quiet class, and then Ned farts, and then it just cuts to the... Almost like in It's Always Sunny fashion. Yeah. Where, like, the title is part of the joke, right? Um, where it just it cuts was, uh, to, oh, it, we're it doing was simple, but I liked it. Yeah. 
Uh, Mose is a new cute guy in her language in her language class, but unfortunately, she's also wearing this massive neck brace. Um, because she recently like, what she do? She uh, oh, I forgot to some, make note of it. She like uh, dove into the stands. Oh, right. Yes, she yeah. kept diving while playing basketball. Yes, yeah. volleyball. Volleyball. Yep, she kept diving into the the stands. Good for her. Um, and so that's her embarrassment. She has the neck brace. Cookie, his embarrassment is that there's a contest to see how many times uh, people can pants him. Yep. Great. Did you ever get pants in school? No. Did you ever see someone get pants? No. Catholic school went easy on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was not a, an, a regularly occurring thing. I've always chalked getting pants as like one of the TV-ified things that happen in middle school and high school. I only remember, like, I feel like that only ever happened in elementary school when I was a kid. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Ooh. No, I have no no personal recollection of that happening to either to me or to anyone else around me. Um, but also, maybe I just didn't hang out with the, the pantsers. Yeah, maybe there, you know, there weren't enough loomers around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the pantsers. <laughs> I was trying to think of a joke uh, that I could do with that, um, but I, I got nothing. Pantser. Uh, isn't that one of Santa's reindeer? Pantser. I barely yeah. know her. Uh, eh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, we get uh, card- Cardboard Cookie makes an appearance again. Cardboard Cookie has cardboard pants. Yeah. Um, that's impressive. It's impressive that they're able to almost like throw that up there with the juicer to be honest, and Timmy Tutu. For just, like, people who are overpowered in the world of these shows. Oh, you're, you're saying co- Cardboard Cookie is overpowered? Uh, no, I'm saying that... Uh, so, Cardboard Cookie is a single entity, right? Yeah. A single piece. And then I believe it's Crony that is able to successfully um, take the pants off of Cardboard Cookie. Oh, so, so you're saying Crony is powerful. I think Crony, either he has the power to, like, separate things. So, like, he can just, like, touch my... If he were to, like, grab my hand, he could just, like, take a finger off. Or potentially uh, take it off, but turn it into cardboard. Like, I don't know if, like, if the cardboard plays into it or if that's just pure coincidence here. Maybe that's how we're interpreting it, but really what he can do is rewrite reality. It could be that, too. He could be um, the Doctor Strange of... Of the world of Neds. I'd buy it. Yeah. Uh, because he's able to pull off cardboard pants that didn't previously exist, um, revealing a pants cardboard cookie. Um, we got Cookie early in this episode also talks to Gordy in this segment, talks to Gordy about, hey, do you have any advice for how to not get pants? And we check in with Gordy throughout the segment as he just monologues alone in the hallway. I liked that. That was one yeah. of the few things I genuinely liked about the segment. Mm-hmm. Um, other pieces of, or other attempts that Cookie will try, he's going to try to wear 20 pairs of pants, which made me uncomfortable. Why? Um, did you see, like, his legs? <laughs> if a boy wearing 20 pair of pants, 20 pairs of pants, like, started running at you, what would you do? Uh, I'd be okay. I'd I'd walk at a normal pace and they wouldn't be able to catch me. You you think that, but what if another one was coming down the other way? Then I'd go in one of the other two directions available to me. All right, this is when you realize that you're cornered. 
So I'm in a corner and <laughs> we're saying three or four uh, boys with 20 pairs of pants on are charging at me. You're in a situation where at least 61 pairs of pants are involved. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to do here? Um, if, if, if even yeah, a single one of them I sits think... on you, you're not getting out. If one of them, I mean, 20 pairs of pants, how much does that weigh? It can't weigh that much. How? If how... he's moving with it, it can't be that much. All right, let's see. Let's see how much 20 pairs of jeans weigh. Yeah. So 12.5 ounces. That means, okay, sure. <laughs> 12.5 times 20 is going to be 200, like 250, roughly. Um, like 250 uh, ounces to pounds. Let's see. So 15 pounds of pants. That's nothing, Ren. But, okay, all three of them together? 45 That's... pounds of, combined with their own body weight? Because we don't know their body types yet. We haven't defined them yet. Yeah. Okay. Let's look up who are the heaviest bodybuilders. <laughs> so the, the, the three world's heaviest bodybuilders are coming at me. <laughs> With with their bonus, they each have an additional 15 pounds on them as a result of the 20 pairs of pants that they're wearing. All right, Brian. Ren, here's, here's I am here. scared now. Ren has nothing to do with the pants. So one of these bodybuilders is 362 pounds. The other one is 297 pounds. And the last one's going to be 231. This Ren. is all before pants. Yes. So combined, combined, Ren, I believe that that puts me at about one eighth of their total weight. I am dead. Drop a building on me and I might stand a better chance. So I'm glad we could establish a scenario where 20 pairs of pants could be dangerous. No, it's 60. You said 60. <laughs> You're right, 60? Yeah, 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 yeah. I could maybe, I could, the, I could maybe do the 20. Yeah, you could probably handle that. Um, well, lucky for Cookie, um, <laughs> well, or maybe unlucky for Cookie, the 20 pairs of pants will not be beneficial for him here. He's still going to get pants. But this was a lesson that Gordy wanted to teach him. Yeah, Cookie's going to go back and be like, Gordy, you said this worked. And Gordy continues his monologue. And that is how I realized that 20 pairs of pants don't work. <laughs> Gotta love it. And um, that's how he decided to become a janitor. He did, yeah, because uh, janitors don't wear pants. They get to wear one big pant. Yeah. Like a like a Super Mario brother. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, I mean, they have overalls. That's like a big pant without sleeves. No. Overalls are not pants without sleeves. Overalls pants are... don't normally have sleeves, let's be clear. Okay, so they're pants that's also part shirt. Sure, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, What is that? Okay, uh, and then in the end, Cookie, yeah, so Cookie's gonna do that. He's gonna get his $2 bounty uh, $2 bounty put on Loomer's pants whatever uh, that's like again like I'd rather talk about Cookie because uh, I mean Moses thing is kind of fun here too yeah Moses uh, the whole thing with plus the thing with Feynman ends up getting continuity in yeah each segment we watch from here on mm -hmm. out so you know that's always a plus yeah Feynman is a new where is he is he from Brazil he is from Brazil yeah uh, any thoughts Ren uh he dresses like a Brazilian <laughs> kid would dress from that era. They nailed enough. it. They nailed they, it. They actually do nail it. A buddy of mine, uh, Rafael, he dresses like that sometimes. 
Um, and is Feynman a is that a Brazilian name? Not what I've heard of. I think okay. it's a, I think it's it's for the pun, fame and fortune. Yes. Okay. Um. So yeah, Feynman is here. Um. Mose is going to uh be trying to get his attention all episode by like sitting next to him. She kind of just word vomits at him. Yeah. And he makes what I, I believe to be some really funny faces back at her his in absolute disgust. Great. He's not happy with what is happening to him, and He's it's like so bewildered. Yeah, and I want to be clear, like, it's when she comes to talk to him, it's happening, it's happening to him. Yeah. Like, it isn't just he's listening, it's like, an event is happening to him. He is being affected by what Moses say. He has no immediate control over it, he just has to allow it to happen. Yes. Uh, first, Moses sits down, and what is it? She, like, is talking about, uh, she calls herself, uh, just call me Smelly. Because uh, her or neck stinky, brace gets sweaty. Stinky, yeah. Starts talking about the dirt in her neck. <laughs> those are rough though like um i i think community nailed it when pierce gets his his like leg cast off oh it's so gross it's like i know it's like extra disgusting community but like if you i don't know if you ever had a cast on or like anything like that yeah but when it comes off it really is like ooh, like that skin that hasn't seen light in potentially weeks i can imagine yeah uh, it's rough it is rough so i don't blame Moe's for feeling like it's gross um, she talks about um how she wants to engage Feyman Fame, uh, in conversation. Um, not like to marry him. <laughs> yeah, not like engaged, like married. Um, but maybe marriage. Yeah, Feyman's not ready though. <laughs> he's not ready. Yeah, we ultimately learn poor Feyman. Uh, he's new to the school and he's working on his English, so he has so little concept about what she has been saying to him. I like that uh, they bring back the Spanish-speaking teacher. Yeah, I know they, that too. They needed someone. Yeah, and you know, Spanish is close enough to Portuguese. Yeah, though I thought that was hysterical. It's the same one from season one that yeah. Kiki had a crush on, but we haven't seen her uh, since then. Yeah, since like the second episode. Uh, do you think it was part of uh, like they were like, "Hey, listen, our final season's coming up. We'd love to have you." You know, maybe they wanted to go out with everyone coming back for at least one time. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see uh, What's-His-Face again? Who? Mr. Gross? Uh, no, Mr. Um, extreme Science. Or Extreme uh, Life Science Extreme. Oh, Mr. Monroe? Mr. Monroe, yeah. I hope I hope we haven't seen the last of him. I think that'd be an honest shame if we did. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe he's starting a family with... Um, cast member on another disney show um who also maybe had to leave their show mid-season maybe maybe um man monroe and uh samantha samuels and that would be i'm here for it um ned farts he pees himself not really but he kind of does um shows everyone is fly yeah he gets really bad. Yeah. Uh, he, the whole time Susie's like embarrassed and starts to sit further away from him. But she learns her lesson when she farts. Mm-hmm. But Ned decides to become farticus. Mm-hmm. A bit that they telegraphed a bit too much. Yep. Um, well, it's like they telegraphed it, but it also felt like there wasn't um, like meaning behind them doing yeah, it. It's very random. Yeah. 
yeah, they just the whole class just bursts into I'm Farticus, which doesn't um if I was in that class, I would have been with Missy. I would have been like, um, no. I'm not standing in solidarity with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, because what why are we standing in solidarity about this? Um, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Uh so it was fine, right? In the end, Susie decides that Ned isn't gross. Um and that's that. Yeah. All Ned you have to do is be... fart. Yeah. Oh, I will say one thing I did like about Ned's segment is his little standoff with Timmy Toot Toot in the bathroom. Yeah, I wrote that too. I wrote that, that, was actually, that was actually pretty funny. Yeah, I said, LOL, Toot Toot is upset with Ned. Uh, you fart once in at James K. Polk and Toot Toot's going to get you good. He's going to be like, don't you ever fart again. Not in my school. Did you? I know that fart jokes are not your thing. Did that make you uncomfortable how much like farting and like potty humor there was here? not uncomfortable but it wasn't my you know it was not my preferred sense of humor i don't yeah. really get much out of it yeah um like, I, the <laughs> fart at in the cold open you know that's a that's a good way to do a fart joke yeah. Timmy you two they're using an established character you know mm-hmm. that's fine but beyond that just the constant barrage of embarrassment ned goes through in, in very not really funny ways mm-hmm. it doesn't make for a particularly gripping segment yeah yeah i agree with that i was considering just throwing a bunch of farts onto this the sound deck um here just but i i was like uh there's no value there and it's I, just I'm gonna piss you, off. i'm glad you showed restraint yeah uh there's no value there so <laughs> i i will not um okay the bus friend is this the is this our peak for the day i think the bus is the peak but even the bus has some problems. Oh, well, the bus. I tell think me more. One, the the bus to me has one problem, and it's kind of bad hair days problem, and it's the ending. The fact that there's mm-hmm. no consistency. Oh, true. Between the love note and the next segment, you know, that's it, true. That to me is it's super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Because the bus that that's this is a great segment. Yeah, but they throw in the "I love you" thing, and mm-hmm. it's it's such a wrench in what's otherwise a show that's pretty good about its continuity and making sure these things are either resolved or addressed. And the next segment mm-hmm. just completely ignores everything about it. Yeah. And, that's... and Susie are going on a date. So there would have been an opportunity to address it. That's an awesome point. Um, and I like, I watched it and I just assumed going into the next segment that, that it would continue. And then I, I completely forgot about it to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of this episode, Ned ultimately gives Susie a note that says I love you on it, which is, you know, of course, the equivalent of uh, asking to go pick out a wedding cake on a first date. Yeah. Huge mistake. Don't ever want to do that. Um, yeah. And, and it, so it's, for me, the weird mm, thing is it's made such a big deal of like yep. that this could like catastrophically end Ned's relationship and to ju- not even so much as like give us one sentence about it. And this isn't a case of where episodes are being out of, aired mm-hmm. out of order. This is the same episode. These are two segments that yep. are just ignoring a very big piece of information that the bus used mm-hmm. as one of its plot points. Which so, is a shame because it kind of lessens the bus to me. I'm going to, I have two thoughts. Thought okay. one, would it have been like, should they have just gone all in and just let Ned take the actual like the correct note yes they, yeah, they should have just done that you think that would have been like a such a because f- 
you know, we're, that was that's the last 30 seconds of the segment. Mm-hmm. You can either end it on like the high note, happy note, where everyone makes it and gets what they want. Yeah. Or you can do what they did, but actually address it. Yeah. Doing um, it this as it is, it just doesn't work for me, the ending. Yeah, because then my other thought is, um, and this comes from me having uh, having watched the show. Uh, mind you, uh, it's been quite a long time since I've seen anything in this season. Um, I wonder if they'll go so far, because I, I could see them doing it, doing a storyline in an episode in which Ned is going to tell Susie I love you. Mm-hmm. Or Susie tells Ned, I love you, and Ned doesn't know how to respond. Like, um, because the weight of Ned potentially saying I love you to Susie is felt here, I think. But you're right, without that impact, uh, it's like it, it might as well have not even happened. Like I said, I pretty much forgot it even happened. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if they are going to do more with that. If that is, uh, I don't remember the exact premise of the finale, but I, I don't know if that's an element of Ned wanting to tell Susie. I love you, something like that. Um, but it's just see. It, yeah. it's a detail that overcomplicates mm-hmm. what was building up to be a simple, satisfying ending. And sometimes this, like, they choose this ending for to end the episode on a button. You know, it's mm-hmm. the joke the episode ends on. Yeah, it's not a very funny joke. No, and I feel like it. Un- it's undercut by the fact that you know I. It's obviously not going to get addressed. Ever. Yeah. No. No, I, I don't think the note specifically, I don't think will yeah. will be. Do you think that um, if Susie read it and Susie did break up with Ned, um, do you think Ned would have had a reaction similar to this? <laughs> I'm so alone. I can't go on. I can't drive the bus today. <laughs> what a great introduction <laughs> to Mr. Quest in this <laughs> section. <laughs> Have you ever been so upset that you just can't do your job and you cry to a bunch of middle schoolers that you can't drive the bus today? Bryce, what would you do if <laughs> your bus dri- you're in middle school, your bus driver comes, just walks out of the bus and breaks down crying in front of you? Yeah, I don't know what I would do. What Pro- can you do in a situation like that? Uh, try to cheer him up, but also probably do what the kids that were with Cookie did and be like, hey, mom, like, can you drive me to school? Because I'm not there to cheer up this grown man. Like, I got other things to deal with. Um, but instead, Ned's going to say, uh, what is it? Uh, hold on. I, I, Ned says, uh, women love guys who get kids to school on time. Yes. Yes. Uh, so he's going to do that and try to... <laughs> That's going to be his pitch here, right? So maybe Mr. Quest can win her back. Um, right. Because, yes. Can we pause for one quick second? Yeah. My Uber Eats just got here. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Thanks. All right. Uh, while Ren is gone, let me... I'm just going to play through the different voice signs I got on here, or sound effects more so. Um, I have... These are ones that I can use in the game Sea of Thieves. Um, this first one is Captain Flameheart. Pure luck. Yeah, he says pure luck. Here's another one. Yes, yeah, so that's uh, Flameheart saying his galleons will overwhelm. He's a cannon fire. Do you have any of that hamster guy? Wheel ball? Wheelbarrow? No, I got... Uh, here's, ju- here's, here's my Overwatch ones. I only got four on here right now. Here's Junkrat uh, saying kaboom. Kaboom! Nice. Uh, here's uh, Ash. Just taking out the trash. She's just taking out the trash, Ren. Um, How do you take out the trash? 
Oh, every every Thursday night. It's my you're once yeah. a weeker. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's I just this one's a fresh one. Uh, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Yeah. Just That's put a good that one. one on. Yeah, just put that one on this morning. So, uh, any uh, any other Overwatch ones? I got uh oh. Death is whimsical today. There you go. There you go. Um, oh. It's a shark. Uh, what'd you get from Uber? Uh, Nicole and I got New Kitchen. It has a uh, gluten-free options because Nicole, I can only eat gluten-free food. I got you. I, got I mean, you, you didn't. You didn't need to explain that part. I, I, well, I, I was worried you were going to be confused. Like I was going to look up. I was going to look it up and be like, oh, like they have gluten-free stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, I, I just don't know like uh, what what your reaction to something gluten-free would be. I don't know if you get angry. Yeah. Is do you, are there people that are? I mean, I I think that there probably there might be, but are there people that are like anti-gluten-free? I'm sure there. Like who only want to eat gluten. Well, so like, I I think like I think there might be people who are like, like if there's an option between like gluten free bread and like bread, if those options are both are on the table, are there people that look at that and they're like, ah, oh, like, get rid of the gluten free bread? I'm or get I'm, it out of here. You know what you just made me think of? What a very spiteful person who takes the gluten free bread, mm-hmm. even though there are people who need it. You know. Ah, yes, yes. Like some some gluten free bad guy. Yes, he doesn't I mean, he can be eating the gluten free food, but he does anyways. Well, that that exists too. Or like, um, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. Got a lot of thoughts. Uh, well, I'm happy for you and your uh, your gluten free food. Uh, I'm also happy, Ren. Um, actually, no, that's not a good way for me to transition. How do I? Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, so Moe's, Moe's whole thing, she also needs to get to school at a quick pace. Um, but no, she doesn't need to get to school at a quick pace, but she Cookie wants to does. spend... Cookie does. She wants to spend time uh, on the bus with uh, Feynman Fortune. We learned his full name with Feynman. Um, it's a great way to like have conversations and get to know him. So that's going to be her thing. I especially like the camera work in this segment. Mm-hmm. It feels uh, voyeuristic and kind of home movie-ish. Yeah. With the angles and how it, like, peers into the different seats. Mm-hmm. And I always like when Ned's films outside of the school. There's something about it that just, I think, forces them to be a bit more creative. Yeah. And they, yeah, they always take advantage of that. Seeing Cookie, like, running down the street, uh, I I had to stop and think, like, okay, this is a neighborhood that they filmed in. Uh, which must be wild to be like, oh, this is the neighborhood where they filmed Cookie and Dr. Xavier in. And on that note, was it obvious to you that they filmed at sunset and not sunrise? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, I, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page there. Yeah, it was super obvious. Um, they, I'm sure the whole um, team was really thrown off by having to film outside for some scenes. So we also... Um, <laughs> Everything with Cookie here. Cookie uh, wants to get to school. He doesn't want to miss the bus. Um, so he uh, he's there. He's ready. And then the bus just passes them because Ned's like, we, we can't stop for them. We got to keep going. We got to get to school. So the bus just passes them. Cookie's like, okay, I'm going to go three stops down and I should still catch the bus. He goes, but then the kids that are with him, 
I loved were like, hey, mom, can you take us? Yeah, that's what I would do. It's a sensible thing to do. Yeah, it is. Um, Cookie is going to go on this like um, rat race, like mad, 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 mad world-esque journey here where he is going to first be like running. He's going to go. He's going to miss the the bus again just by a couple of seconds. This time it's like he actually missed it. It stopped. He just missed it. Uh, He's going to run into Dr. Xavier. Who's Ukrainian, we've learned. She is Ukrainian. Thought that was interesting. Me too. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting that uh ethnicity from her. Yes, yes, we get that that assigned to her, and she has a, a dual seat bike, which they ride on wind like Ukrainian bliss. Yes, uh huh. <laughs> and she has it because uh, she originally wanted to share it with the handsome cleaning man, but he's allergic to bikes and her. <laughs> yes, yeah. So. Unfortunately, Gordy does not use the bike. Luckily, though, for Cookie, Cookie can use the bike. Uh, they go and they make so great of time that they decide to stop and check out a garage sale. Bryce, Cookie, the Cookie segments tonight, they're really good. They're so good, Ren. Like, them at the garage sale, they uh, buy a bunch of, like, tchotchkes and uh, it all ends, so, like, Cookie's wearing this, like, I'm with stupid shirt. They have, like, mustaches, like, big hair. Like, all these cheap things that you can buy at a garage sale. They they have. Fresh fruit and vintage items. Yep, such as a vase and watermelon. <laughs> um, and that, that's when Cookie says, oh, Dr. Xavier, where'd you park the bike? And we see it parked in the street and a giant van just run it down. <laughs> um, so Dr. Xavier's like, oh, we walk. Like, we'll run. We'll get there. Um, but as they do that, Cookie and her are so in shock that they drop their things that they're holding. So the vase and the watermelon smash on the ground, um, which is going to be a conflict now because the bus is going to get a popped tire. Yep. Uh, because who would just leave glass from a broken vase in the street like that? Says Mr. Quest. Who would just leave broken watermelon in the street like that? Yeah. (laughs) Um... They're going to, Dr. Xavier and Cookie are going to end up, uh, so the exact dialogue is Dr. Xavier grabs some roller skates off of, like, someone's driveway. Cookie says, isn't that stealing? Dr. Xavier says, in my country, we call it Brackenstead. Cookie's like, what's that mean? She says, stealing. (laughs) Great exchange. (laughs) Fantastic. But they'll they'll roller skate to school. They're going to make it. Uh, Cookie roller skates in Ned makes it to school Mose makes it to school Everyone makes it to school um, Mose has like some more awkward interactions On the bus with Famian Yeah uh, with Famin, sorry. Um, Right like she tries to Talk to him uh, And Quirly takes him She goes to like return a notebook That she had stolen That she Brockenstained um, From his locker the day before and she accidentally throws it out the window awkward uh but 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 she does that martin quirley completely throws her onto the bus (laughs) quirley's like he does yeah quirley says to Feynman, oh i don't know how uh i don't know what kind of a person uh takes one's notebook and throws it out the window definitely not someone who you could ever like form a meaningful relationship with 
Such a good line. Yeah. F you, Corley. Come on. What are we doing here? Uh, and we already talked about it. Ned's going to get to school in time um, just to pull this note out of the locker. And it's going to be the wrong note. It's her math homework. Yeah, it's whatever. There's no consequences. Uh, however, love, uh, you know, we hear I love you. Susie gets an I love you note, but love is also blooming uh, outside of the school between <laughs> Dr. Xavier, who smashes into the bus, and Mr. Quest. I think a reunion episode where they renew their vows would be the best way to get oh, the cast and Neds back together. My goodness, that would be absurd. <laughs> um, yes, we're all going to Dr. Xavier's uh, and Mr. Quest's... Uh, Mr. Xavier now. Yes, to their their reunion. And uh, then uh, Dr. Xavier pitches immediately, let's go pick out wedding cake on our first date. Love it. I think they'll be happy together. They will. They're med for each other. Um, Love is, you know, love is in the air. They found each other. I'm happy. Um, All right. Ren, we're on to the last segment, and bef- uh, now that we're here, I do have to tell you something. What is um, it? I don't like hair. You don't like hair? I don't like hair. My hair? What do you mean? I still don't like hair. I famously have very good hair. I do not like hair. Oh, Bryce, are you trying to say here? Oh. That's what I've been saying the whole time, Ren. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Wow. What a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is Did what you, comedy is. You know? you, he was doing physical comedy, too. He was, like, running his hands through his hair and everything. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Good. It's, uh, like a, it's like a talkie. Oh, no. What's before? The, the silenies. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. It's the opposite of a talkie. What we're doing right now is a talkie. Um, I think walkie, right? Isn't that walkie? the... Yeah, and then walkie-talkie morph the two together. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because you can both see and hear through a walkie-talkie. You can see what the other person is doing if you look into your walkie-talkie. Yes. Uh, it's like a conch shell. If you put your yeah. ear up to it, you can see them. So... <laughs> um... Have you ever tried to break out of school to get a free haircut? Would no. you ever trust a free haircut? What a stupid reason to break out of school. <laughs> what a dumb reason to break out of school for a free haircut at the high school across the street did you happen to write down the high school's name no i did it was uh hold on michael s dukakis high school all right who is that is he someone let's find out yeah uh, this gonna be a risky search he's uh, a former he's a massachusetts governor oh interesting I wonder why they chose him. Is Ned set in Massachusetts? What state maybe, is Maybe Ned that's set? why they keep saying go Sox. Yeah. It, uh, the show takes place. Um, no, it's filmed in California. Interesting. What is California except Western Massachusetts? Massachusetts. That's what they typically say. <laughs> um, yeah, if I understand correctly, Boston's the new L.A., so... Um, I hear Walt Disney's gonna open up one of his famous parks here. Should we, uh, what should we, what should we do in Disney, uh, what do you think they'll call it? Disney Town, Disney Place? Probably, Disney um, Best Disney, Big Disney, Go Sox. 
best Disney big Disney go socks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So Ned's confirmed Massachusetts. Uh, bad hair day. Uh, Moses is going to think she has a bad hair day. Ned's going to think he's having a bad hair day. Ned wants to break out and go get a haircut. So he can save 20 bucks to use on a date with Susie later. I mean, he is thrifty. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's not a bad plan. Yeah. Carmelo, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, Net, uh, shoot, Carmelo, you set it up so well. I'm sorry, I'm fumbling here. Here it is, here it is. Carmelo, let's have your take. What is, what is, what do you think about Ned's plan? Come on, Ned, that's not your best plan. Yeah, I agree. You think I so? What, do you, what could go wrong here? Um, well, let's see. He could break out of the school, probably get caught. And then end up not getting to go to the movies because he's in detention. But what about his hair? His hair is probably going to be a botched job. And you know what? He probably won't even be able to keep the $20 uh, because he's probably going to get bullied by a high schooler. Have you ever been bullied by a high schooler to the point that, that you had to give him your money? No, I've never been bullied out of my money. I want to point out something really quickly. Yes. When Ned is escaping, he opens the fence or the gate to leave. Yes. On the gate, there is a sign that says, hold on, high voltage gates. Yep. So it's like, um, are you familiar with Jurassic Park? Uh, no, but I have seen the HBO show Oz. Okay, they're similar. Yeah, so, in a prison, you know, there are gates. Yep, yep. There's a scene in um, Jurassic Park. I think Oz actually did a one-to-one shot, so it's the mm-hmm. same thing in Oz, where a child is climbing over an electric fence that is temporarily offline. Yeah, that sounds like something that would be. Um, and at the same time that you see that child climbing over the fence, uh, you also see another character in a separate setting. Uh, in this case, it was Coconut Head uh, turning back on the the electricity for the <laughs> for the fence. And so Ned just barely is seconds away from getting zapped um, before Coconut Head turns it back online and uh, keeps all the high schoolers at bay. It's really one of the more nefarious things Coconut Head has done. Yeah. Um, well, he was helping. He was helping because he had to, he shut them offline while <laughs> Ned first got in and then he was turning them back online. Um, yeah. So, so we actually do get a bit of coconut and crony here. They want to team up with Ned. Yeah. They all have bad hair. Yeah. They all have bad hair. They want to go get those free haircuts with Ned, break out of school to do it. Um, Ned's like, sounds good. This is going to be really good. Crony immediately gets caught because he doesn't have a hall pass. So he doesn't get to go. Finally, a hall pass joke that was fun. Yeah. Uh, Coconut Head is... Three seasons. Coconut Head and and Ned are going to be hiding out in a trash can, right? And um, Ned's going to be able to get out and escape in time. But uh, Coconut Head, not as much. I'll make a run to the dumpster, baby. Yeah, I'm assuming that he's out of that. Yeah, he's I'm assuming he's getting tossed into the dumpster and Gordy will find him there later. And uh, yeah, Uh, have you like that haircut that Ned gets is pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad spot on the back of his head. But I'm glad that they the teachers with bad hair fix it by spray painting the back of his head and uh, combing over it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's a, it's an elegant solution to an inelegant problem. Yes. Uh, I feel like I would have a hard time finding a spray paint that matches my hair color. You think so? Mm-hmm. 
What what if we used like uh what they use in Cheeto dust? That might work. That is. That might work. <laughs> that could be good. We'll, we'll just dye your head in Cheeto dust. Yeah, yeah. If uh the Cheeto dust doesn't match, I'll just make sure that the whole thing is dipped in it. There's an episode of the Magic School Bus, the like the original Magic School Bus. I remember. I know which one you're talking. The kid about, turns orange, Ren, because he ate so many carrots. And no one, no, it was like it was like the cheese puffs. Was it the cheese puffs? I thought it was, it was the carrots. No, I'm pretty sure he eats too many cheese puffs. Well, Bryce, regardless, you reminded me of the time that my grandpa ate so many beets, his pee turned red, and he thought he was peeing blood. So he yeah. went to the doctor, yeah. and the doctor said, no, this isn't blood. You're ju- you've just been eating too many beets. <laughs> wow. Um. So if you ever pee red, so- just know it's be- either because... You ate too many beets, yeah. or you're in the middle of a horrible medical emergency. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, is it po- if I do that, is it possible? Like, I should stop and maybe fill out a like check, like a survey for myself, and be like, did I recently eat beets? And no, if you didn't go to the, do- yeah. the hospital yeah. immediately. If I did, then I'm you're okay. It's don't good. Even, don't even worry about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What's the the term? Uh, if if you're uh, uh, if it's uh, if it's red, uh, it could just be beets. If it ain't beets, then you might be defeat. That's the that, famous rhyme. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what what they tell people um, when it comes to checking your blood. Your I was gonna say blood color, your urine color. <laughs> if, if you have yellow blood, you yeah. might be eating too many lemons. Yeah, uh, but that like, sorry to go back to Magic School Bus. That was sick. That was like, I've never heard of anyone turning orange because they ate so much of something. You've never watched House? Did that happen in House? That definitely happened on House. Hold on. House orange guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the orange man, Scrubs orange guy. So a bunch, so like all these medical shows have it happen. It's like a phenomenon. The Scrubs one was actually a a, a satire on House. Okay. It's called My House. Yeah, okay. Okay, so they were making fun of House. Uh, the Orange Man is House's pilot. Oh! Okay, Brace and Ren and House in the house. Let's go. <laughs> we, we would know this if House won. We'd yeah. also be still in, like, season one or two of House One. Man. Um, <laughs> I would have eaten all the House DVDs um, <laughs> to allow us to no longer be watching House. <laughs> that would have been so much House. Uh, all right. Feynman is going to be saying over. We did, we did the bit already, oh, but he's gonna just keep telling Moe's. Uh, I I don't like hair. I do not like hair. And Moe's is gonna be listening to me when I tell you I hate hair. I hate hair. Um, and Moe's is gonna keep changing her hair. And the joke is that Feynman was saying here he doesn't like it here. He misses his friends in Brazil. Yeah. So, um, should Mose, because Mose is looking for help with her, her hair, I think Mose and Ned should have gone to see Newtwan and Mr. Michelle. Bryce, I think that would be an. Oh, I lost you. Oh, uh, Bryce, I said I think that would be an excellent idea. You think that would be an excellent idea? Newtwan um, has, he has a way with hair uh-huh. that few other barbers do. Yes. And what about Mr. Michelle? I mean, he's a salonist extraordinaire. Yeah. Yeah, probably their cuts would have been a lot better than the free ones across the street. <laughs> oh. 
nothing like you and I went off on that episode. <laughs> it, it, but it had a lasting impact in the end. Everything about Mr. Michelle um, was awful. <laughs> Corey in the house really just had a special way about itself. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. What else? We got uh, Cookie has a mustache. Yeah, he's grown facial That's hair. It. Yeah, he wants uh, Lisa Zemo to notice. And that way... Uh, she even in this segment? He'll look like a man. Yeah, yeah, she does. Because uh, he has a little bit where he holds a giant magnifying glass up to his face. And she's oh, like, yeah, and she takes off the blueberry muffin. Yeah, and she's like, this makes me uncomfortable. Please stop. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and Cookie ultimately... Uh, he puts on a giant fake mustache. And then he's wrongly accused for being yeah, the person who profiles him. Skipped out. <laughs> yes, he does. He entirely does because like, he's yeah, aggressively and blatantly. But so like, because the show sets it up also that Cookie is wearing all black. Yeah, that I don't understand. I feel like that wasn't properly well explained. Well, it, he was just he just happened to be wearing black. Yeah, like I don't I don't even like it wasn't properly explained. It just came out of nowhere at the end. They yeah. Well, because then he's given he's given a bag of combs that have lice on them from the school nurse. So then he has the bag. Um, so it's like they're trying to set him up to look like a burglar. Yeah, but it doesn't play well. No, it doesn't, and it's also just not that funny. No, um, and it like even the setup seemed kind of random. I was like, where are we going with these? Like, why does Cookie have a bag of? lice combs and why is he the only one in the entire building that has to deal with the lice combs yeah that's another weird thing uh mm-hmm. nurse hunsucker giving him the lice combs yeah gives that to him and then she gets into a screaming match with like uh sweeney, sweeney? who we haven't seen in a while but yeah sure. all right this, yeah this segment devolved into nonsense mm-hmm. very weird yeah um and Feynman likes Cookie's mustache. Susie and then Ned gets caught. Ned can't go to the movies. Moe's, Cookie, and uh, Susie all go to the movies. Happy ending. GG's. Yeah. The end. Uh, yeah. Bad hair was fine. It was fine. It was no the bus. No. It's a shame that the bus had to share its episode with bad hair. Mm-hmm. And that the bus's ending went unresolved. Yeah. Um, Rent, I have a question for you. What's up? What would you rate uh, the first episode? Would I rate the first episode? Yeah. Social studies and embarrassment. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. I The cookie segments were great. Mm-hmm. Or, eh, the pantsing one wasn't that fun. Mm-hmm. Gordy had a good monologue, though. Yes, he did. He did. Hmm. I think I'll give this one a... five a five yeah i think i'm gonna give it a five yeah so i mean like i'm just looking at what i gave him last week i gave art class lost and found a seven i felt this was better than that but really not like yeah i didn't love i didn't really love either of those situations um i not much better but Mm -hmm. i think a little bit better i think this is just like 7.5 out of 10 um i think the bus and bad hair days you run into that, like, I felt the bus was strong. I agree with you about the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad Hair Days had some fun moments in there, but wasn't, like, particularly strong. I, I think that this could be probably an eight for me. I think 
I really like the bus up until the ending, but I don't like bad hair days. So I think I have to give it a 6.5. Nice. It just, it averages out low for, lower for me. Yeah. I mean, like, so me personally, I'm feeling a lot higher on season three. I, think, I think you are as well. I um, am. I am. Yeah. Even with those two ratings, but um, it just feels like so much, like it, it has a sense of where it's going. I think to your point earlier, like it's just going, it's getting to the end game. Yeah. Getting to those, those finishing steps. And we still got tons of episodes to go, but like, it's, it's trying to do some setup and really like take its time to get there with what it has. So I still have faith that we, you know, have a bunch of good episodes left in. Oh From yeah. What I remember it, it does end really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's check out to see, uh, looking at Wikipedia, Ren, we got two episodes next week. We'll get to, um, episode nine is going to be revenge and school records. And then number 10 is going to be the library and volunteering. Wow. How so, many weeks do we have left? Uh, so that'll be nine, 10, uh, will be next week. So that's going to be one. That's going to be two, three, four, five, six. Uh, seven weeks. Wow. Got seven weeks left, Ren. So we are definitely getting there. Um, all right. Before we go, we have two different things that we wanted to do. Yes. Uh, are we just, I don't know which one you would like to do first. Uh, we wanted to ra- just randomly, you, Ren and I <laughs> made a list of our top 10 favorite movies. Um, Ren, I, I, I would love to like, go through and like meticulously talk about each one i don't think that we have like the time necessarily for that um I don't think we do either i would love to just hear maybe your top 10 okay uh talk about some highlights and then i'll give my top 10 talk about some highlights any shockers on there okay um and then uh after that we can do our our draft picks <laughs> for the season finale of of Nezzy classified the survivor thing that we're I can't do. imagine we'll see much overlap between our picks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I made my top ten. I'm just gonna go down the list, and if you pick one of mine, then we'll it'll be you know, will be what it'll be. Yeah. But all right, uh, Rent. What is your? Uh, do you want to share your list first, or should I? Uh, I'll go. I'll go mine first. Okay. Okay. So my ten favorite movies are, and this is in no particular order. Yeah. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. The 400 Blows, which is a French movie. Mm-hmm. Birdman. Mm-hmm. American Psycho. Mm-hmm. Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. Okay. City of God, which is a Brazilian movie. Mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead. Uh-huh. Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Office Space. Yep. And The Lion King. Wow, The Lion King. I'm assuming the live action one, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm a big <laughs> Donald Glo- Donnell Glover fan. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty good list, Red. Thanks. Um, no Country for Old Men. Uh, I've yet to see. It's on my list. Of that like, is I gotta get to that. my overall favorite movie. Is that uh, is that uh, the Coen Brothers? That is the Coen Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I like. I really like their style. Um, and I know that you've said that uh, they're like the characterizations in that movie are really strong. Yes. So, I gotta get to that one. It's, um, you, you'll never forget your first time watching it. Yeah. Um, I feel like Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, uh, is the, uh, the unexpected piece on your list. I adore that movie. 
What do you John, like so much? John C. Riley's always been one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. So in general, I love a movie that lets him per, like perform in the lead in a lead role that he doesn't usually get. Mm-hmm. And I think it's per, it's like the perfect example of how to do satire well because it makes fun of biopics and you know the movie like the the kind of the whole genre of taking mm-hmm. a an artist's life and romanticizing it in a two hour film. Yeah. But it does so like it makes fun of it with a respect for its source material. You know, it genuinely loves the music that it's making fun of and the movies that it's making fun of. And it leads to a film that's to me as equally hilarious as it is sincere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like Although Napoleon the, the music is incredible. So uh, I got to check it out then. It's, it's one of my favorites. If you do watch it, I would recommend watching the, unrated extended edition okay okay um i remember uh when i went to go see a movie that that movie was across the hall from me it did not perform well in the box yeah. office but mm-hmm. it, it deserved to it's one of my favorite comedies yeah it's it's also one of the ones that like reddit occasionally brings up yes that's like oh this is like an underrated gem except i think it's like actually an underrated gem it is actually an underrated yeah. gem uh, unlike most of the stuff that comes up through reddit it's just it's just a well-made film with a good sense of humor Mm-hmm. I think. And it, it really captures the style of like a biopic movie. Mm-hmm. It feels genuine while being totally ridiculous the entire time. It's like the way community does its homage episodes. Yeah. Just, just so true and passionate about what it's homaging. Um, what is uh, um, American Psycho? It's a horror movie starring Christian Bale. Oh, Batman. Uh, I'm look at, looking at the IMDb page for it now. Is, Is this another a, very underrated film? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it. I've definitely heard of it. Um, who's a uh, director? Mary Heron. Mary Heron. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd probably watch this. It Is, it a, is of... it a slasher? It's a... Uh... Don't, don't tell me too much, but tell give me like a little... Uh, he, he plays a serial killer. Yeah. I wouldn't exactly call it a slasher. I'd say it's more psychological horror. Okay, cool. It's also very uh, satirical and critical mm-hmm. of like 80s consumerism and superficialism, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great movie. I love it. It's so well written. Christian Bale's performance is insane. <laughs> He's threatening and funny without like actually trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's an outstanding. Um, yeah, I'll have to I have to check this one out too. Um, I got some time this week, so I'll I'll probably be watching some movies. Ren, you definitely should. Um, American Psycho. I should get to No Country for Old Men. Is No Country for Old Men the one with the the little girl too? No. Which one is that? Do you, you know think what I'm talking the road? about? No, there's one where there's like a it's a western and there's a little girl. Uh, True Grit. True Grit. Yep. Yep. That's what it is. Um. Is No Country for Old Men like a Western gig or no? It is like a Western, but uh, it's it's more of a Western in terms of narrative structure. Mm-hmm. Like it takes place, I think, in seventies. Uh, okay, something like that. Yeah, I don't know why I've always gotten the two in my head completely like like they're one and the same. It, it um, came out very close to True Grit in both movies, and like uh, not both movies, but No Country for Old Men and uh, There Will Be Blood, kinda kicked off a western uh, which we also saw with like stuff like Django and Chain and the Hateful yeah. Eight. Yeah. That very brief period where there was a bunch of westerns. 
Yeah, there will be blood as well. Is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All this is, is lining up in my head. I was like really, really into the Oscars um, for like the like 06 to like 2014, 15. I mean, still to an extent, but not, mm. not as much. Um, period. So I just remember like all those, all those names. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite, that definitely belongs on the list. I love that movie. You've watched, you've watched that one recently? I haven't watched it recently, but it's uh, yeah. one that... No, you didn't. It's one that always uh, makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, it's like, even beyond like the basic quotes that people say, like um, it's one of those movies to me that just like every single scene hits. It's just like, it, oh, th- this is this scene. Like, this is this scene. Every single scene feels as iconic as the one before it and as iconic as the scene after it. It also, um, it captures a very... Uh realistically mundane atmosphere too yep i just it it feels so authentic to life in a way that most movies simply can't afford Mm -hmm. to be uh the two the two bits in it that completely kill me are uh but both involve um like the the whole selling gig with the uh i believe it's uncle rico uh who is selling the tupperware and then he takes out the he's like selling it they're like he's showing how strong it is and they're like oh i don't really know and then he says oh and also it's gonna come with this and he takes out the the boat in the freaking bottle (laughs) and the wife just looks at the guy and she's like i want that (laughs) um and he's like okay like and at that point the guy will do anything to to buy whatever it takes to get that boat for her love that think it's solid gold i love that and then same thing with the tupperware is uh i believe it's maybe this clip right after is then it shows Kip demonstrating it, and it's the longest setup of him taking it, puts it underneath his car tire, gets into the car, backs up onto it, and it cracks just for him to go, dang it, and then pull away. <laughs> I lose it every time. The whole movie, it's just, it's like you said, every single scene hits. Mm-hmm. It's always funny. Every joke lands. Yep. It, it's, you know, it has no really coherent plot. No. It all builds up to a perfect moment. It does. Um, yeah, like Rex Kwon Do is also really good <laughs> in it. It's it's so, such a good movie. Big fan of Polly Dynamite. Um, all right, Ren, do you want to hear my list? I do want to hear your list. You want to hear what I got? All right. Um, also in no particular order. Um, uh, there might be recency bias here. Okay. There might be. I don't know. Um, but at this, like, when I made the list and even looking at it now, I'm like, okay, I feel pretty solid about I'll, these I'll call you out on it if I have yeah. to. So I got 13, uh, the Bo Burner movie. Uh, I got Hereditary, uh, I, Tanya, 500 Days of Summer, Jurassic Park, Ferris Bueller, which is what sparked this whole thing, uh, The Devil Wears Prada, Fargo, Little Miss Sunshine, Back to the Future. I'm surprised you've uh, seen Fargo, but you haven't seen No Country for Old Men. No, I've seen... Um, I love, love, love Fargo. Fargo's and, great. Uh, I was like, okay, uh, I should watch some other Coen Brother films. I watched um, The Big Lebowski. I don't get it. I, I, I've i only watched it once so far, <laughs> but I yeah. thought it was hilarious. Um, I don't I, get it. it I, I was not in on, on the, the, the Big Lebowski. Someone's yeah. gonna do something to you, Bryce. I mean, probably. They're gonna get upset with you. Yeah, everyone is like, oh, it's the best movie ever. <laughs> it was okay. It was fine. Um, 
there's some like okay bits in it, but uh, the characters are not anything brilliant. There's some good. Well, stuff I don't know that, if I can agree with that. The character the setup are... is good. Uh, is it Dewey? Dewey's Donnie. Not... Donnie. Yeah. The the eulogy that uh, John Goodman's character Walter gives for him at the end of the movie, <laughs> and he pours out the Folgers cannon. <laughs> all his ashes just fly right back <laughs> into the dude. Well, I think for me, that's one of the best movie endings ever. Mm-hmm. So funny. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That was my list, though. I love uh, little. You had Little Miss Sunshine. That's a great movie. I love Little Miss Sunshine. I think, I think that might be Steve Carell's best performance. It is. Yeah. I I think um so many people in that just bring it. There's like you got Paul Dano's in there. Yep. Um. Now he's as, the Riddler. As the as the Riddler himself. <laughs> no, he's the teen. He goes through his little like crisis when he finds yeah, out he's colorblind. colorblind. Um. Yeah, you have him. You have freaking grandpa who dies. Um, and then uh, she gets up on stage at the end and they ask her, uh, she says, I want to dedicate this this one to my grandpa. They say, oh, where is he now? And she says, in the uh, in the trunk of our van. <laughs> Great. Uh, and just for like the whole message of it is like, like F beauty contests, like uh, the whole world is try- is all about trying to fit in and like uh, be the absolute best that you can be, but like also F it. Um, it's such a good movie. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, and I remember watch like, I watched it. Um, it was probably one of the first movies I like bought on iTunes mm-hmm. because when it first came out, my parents didn't let me, didn't let me watch it. They hadn't seen it yet. They just rented it and it was R. Um, but then I, I watched it pretty soon after and like the aesthetic nails it i love the music um it's really good i love little miss sunshine it's very special to me it's been a few years since i've watched it yeah give it a rewatch i um had a sociology teacher in high school who told me that she i i said it was one of my favorite movies she said oh i've seen that and i heard that as oh you want me to write a 10 page paper about it <laughs> sure so i did that and i gave it to her and then I felt I now looking back, I feel horrible that I did that <laughs> to her because then every single time I'd see her, I said, hey, did you read my paper? She'd be like, oh, not yet. Like, I'm going to get to it. And I was like, oh, well, like when you do, like, can you put notes on it and let me know what you think? Did she ever get to it? She did get to it. Yeah. What did her but notes say? Nothing. Just like, oh, I agree. Oh, this is a really good point. Like she probably like saw it once. Yeah. I feel so bad. But. I was so yeah, if she ever watches it again, she'll probably remember that paper. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have Jurassic Park on here. That's like an obvious one. Jurassic Park's a great movie. That's good. But uh, you, you accidentally put Jurassic Park instead of Jurassic World. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if... Um, like, the thing about Jurassic Park is that I don't think that anything can ever stain it, mm-hmm. which is a testament to just how good it is. Because they keep on trying to take it down. Well, we have a Jurassic World, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Jurassic World. Stupid. Coming out next. So stupid. It's a, it's a, it's very strange how these franchises spiral. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to have real movie trilogies, like Back to the Future. You had the original, the sequel that took place in the future, and then the Western that ended the whole series. Mm -hmm. Naturally. Classic storytelling. Back yeah. to the Future Part 1 is so good. Part 1 is fantastic. Part 2 and 3 are still pretty good, too. Yeah. 
I like but, them all. Yeah, uh, I I get why they get a little bit of like uh, complaints sent their way because it does feel um, the whole thing. All three of them would have been just a little bit more cohesive if they were just all written together. But two and three were written together, and one wasn't. Um, Do you prefer two or three? Uh, I like two. You like two. I like two, but it's really close. I like two and three very equally because I, I, I like them all a lot. But I think I like three a bit more. Yeah. Two's fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the thing that holds three back is that mm-hmm. we just spend so much time in the Wild West. Yeah. But also that ends up kind of being one of its strengths. Yeah. It has a pretty fleshed out setting by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Yeah. Kind of, you know, in comparison to where we started, where we went in part two and where we're ending. Yes. And the whole like chicken thing with Marty, it, it's never landed for no. me. No, I watched that... the whole trilogy for the first time in one night when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And that like it came out of nowhere. It was like getting sucker punched. Yeah. From part one to part two. Suddenly Marty hates being called a chicken. Nobody calls me chicken. And like like they did it justice enough for like, OK, we'll make sure that it's a, a theme between two and three. Yeah. But like that, that specifically is what I point to where like if they yeah. had thought about that, it would have been part of one, even if just a small part. Exactly. Um. They're able to thread the needle on so many other things like the uh, like running into the truck filled with manure. Yeah. Um, is, is a nice little thing thrown throughout. But uh, yeah, that was one that they just they didn't nail. Uh, I mean, otherwise, like on my list, like I, Tanya, Hereditary 13. Those are the ones that I said, like, oh, there's some recency bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I've seen any of those three. Yeah, they're all really good. They're all really good. Uh, 13 is Bo Burnham's like movie that he directed and wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a, like a really good like slice of life movie. Yeah. Like uh, Hereditary. Uh, that's the, the Ari Aster. Huh? Nicole likes Hereditary a lot. Yeah, it's really good. It's like probably my, my favorite um, theater going experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever is was like watching that movie and and it wasn't even a full theater. There was maybe like two or three other people in it. I but mean, just that, like that to me, those are always the best movie going experiences, though. Yeah. yeah, where like I felt like I had the place to myself. It was exactly. uh, very quiet, which like totally matched the the mood of the film. There's a a really really shocking event that happens early in the movie, um, that sets the tone for the rest of it. So it's good really good movie uh yeah i tanya just check that one out yeah. it's pretty funny pretty funny so uh yeah those are my movies um ren how do you want to do this draft um we so are, yeah are, we're doing two at a time right so we're doing two at a time uh whichever one of us goes first today um we'll go second next time okay does that make sense yeah that does make sense okay um so we are drafting characters for Survivor. Uh, it's going to be characters that are valid, are characters either in, they need to pretty much just be in something that we've covered. Yeah. Across our podcast history. Um, so yeah. So with that, Ren, um, are you are you ready? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Should I flip a coin? You can go first because you said you wanted to pick the better characters. Yes. Well, I will. <laughs> pick the better characters um and so the other thing i want to just figure out real quick ren sorry uh these tribes that we eventually put together are we gonna have like ren's tribe versus brace's tribe or are we gonna do five of like five on each so like i 
Uh, good question. You I think we'll have to figure. Maybe yeah. we'll have to figure that out after we break up teams. Okay. Okay. So we'll pick our people first, and then we'll decide what makes sense. So, because I was just thinking, like, I'm worried that my your tribe or my tribe could just get decimated early. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, they don't stand a chance. Um, well, the, but each that's character's also going to be attached to a different show, though. So that's ultimately yes. where the main entertainment's going to come from. That's true. That's true. Okay. Uh, well, Ren, my first pick uh, in this this draft of everyone who I could choose from. Uh, know that I am placing a lot of emphasis on uh, who's done well in the past uh-huh. um, and who I think could do well uh, as part of a team. So I, I have to go with Boomer <laughs> Okay. as the first person out of everyone who we've seen that I want in my tribe. I need Boomer the bear out there on the beach. I need him to win again. I need him to be fierce and competitive like he was the first time. So Boomer is going to be my first pick um, for who I want in this game. Okay. Mm-hmm. My turn? Yep, it is on to you. All right. So you so you told me you that you would pick the better characters. Mm-hmm. So I've decided that I'm going to intentionally choose the absolute worst of the worst. Okay. To, to counter you. Yes, good, so good. My first pick is going to be Cletus Poole, played by Mitchell Musso from Hatching Pete. <laughs> Ren, no! <laughs> You brought this upon yourself. <laughs> no. I cannot believe Cletus is going to be here. Cletus is coming. Um, he's terrible. Mitchell Musso is a bad man. He's the worst. Um, I hope the bear eats him. <laughs> All I have to say. I hope that him and the bear eat uh, meat and he gets devoured. Well, okay. Okay. So, okay. So it sounds like I'm going to have like... um. Like the favorites tribe, and you're gonna have the fans. Yeah, is what I'm gathering. Okay, well, so uh, as we're only gonna do two picks today, so the the other person I'm gonna pick to add to my crew today, then Ren, um, this might come as a shock, but I feel like he has a good backstory. Um, he has some trauma that can help him with resilience. Here, I'm taking Cumberbatch Grinch. You're taking Cumberbatch Grinch. Yep. <laughs> Yep. I'm I want him here. Shocked. I want him. I want his freaky little moose friend to <laughs> accompany him as like a loved one. Um I I want him here because he, he is inseparable, but he's good at the game. I'm I'm shocked, but I understand. Yes. He made it far last time. Mhm. He made it very far. All right. For my last pick of the night, yeah, I am going to choose uh, Jamie Bartlett's alter ego is from Read It and Week. No. Why did you go to? <laughs> Why did you take us to Dolly Week? <laughs> I told you, bottom of the barrel. So we get is like the magic, the magic girl. Yeah. Oh no, Cletus. <laughs> oh no, Ren. Um, okay. Well, this is already shaping up to be, uh, the most interesting crew that we've had yet. (laughs) Um, okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited to continue to fill this out as we go on, Ren. Um, otherwise, you feeling good? I'm feeling good. Okay. I'm feeling good as well. Uh, Thank you all so much for tuning in, checking us out. 
And I hope that you all have a great rest of your day. I hope you all hatch Pete. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.